podcasting will depend on us. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. It's like when Michael Jordan retired the first time. Everybody's like, oof. Are people going to keep watching basketball? Yep. Michael Jordan had put basketball on the map. But then he was like, all right, guys, I guess i got to keep you on the map. Mm-hmm. And he came back. That's why he came back. That's why he came back. So can we organize some kind of two-year hiatus? Make people super hungry for more Three Dogs North? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to just do that now? Well, I don't know. We obviously have plenty of cachet built up. 54 people? Yeah. That's one episode. Are you serious? One episode. And if we have like, 30 episodes right now? That's like a thousand. And they all, if all 54 of those people <laughs> sent in some money, we'd have like tens of dollars. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. The other night, I don't know if, I still don't know exactly what the word existential means, but uh, I think this would be an existential experience. So I, uh, you can tell me if it is or not, <laughs> but I was walking actually to do night prayer in the deacon chapel. And the moon, it was one of the nights that the moon was huge. Oh, it was insane, Which was dude. awesome. Yeah. So I just, like, it just kind of, like, stopped me in my tracks, yeah. honestly. It was sweet. And all of a sudden, you know, just this reality came came in that, like, we're on the earth or this rock, like, floating in space. And here's this other rock, the moon, that just looks really beautiful, like a spot on a canvas in the sky right now. But it's actually this huge rock you know, circulating the rock we're on, which is going around a sun, which there's billions of in this galaxy. And just how scary that is. Like, the universe is expanding, and, like, all what could be out there, exactly. Yeah. So I was having this moment, and then just, like, the audacity that we as Catholics hold, and the, and the church holds, that no matter what is out there, like, in this expanding universe that we live in with all these galaxies and solar systems and blah 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 that the meaning of life comes down to a guy dying on a cross 2,000 years ago in some obscure little town Mm -hmm. and like just the fact that if he rose from the dead then that is the meaning of existence yeah the meaning of why anything is in the first place anything Mm -hmm. anything so all of that like it was I don't know if I'm getting this across, but it was a big moment for mm-hmm. me just yeah. to sit there and like, you know, it was probably, it felt like a minute, but it was probably two seconds that all of it just like came in and then it came down to, we live in a super scary universe. Like, mm-hmm. what what the hell is out there, yeah. you know? Right. We have no idea. Well, then the huge house size <laughs> meteor hit Russia a couple years ago and like an A-bomb going off. Oh, man, yeah. Really? One of those apparently just flew by Earth, like a tenth of the uh, distance from the moon, which is pretty darn close for a big meteor or asteroid or whatever, Armageddon style. Right, Armageddon. Armageddon. To take a little reprise. Dude, I had this thing, like almost an identical moment. Nice. I'm just thinking, I'm sitting on some giant, because it looks like, like, have this thought of, oh, the, the Earth is flat. That's what it looks like. 
-hmm. when you're perceiving the earth just when you're sitting there Mm -hmm. but really it's a giant rock that we're sitting on and then i didn't think about it in catholic terms because i was having a merry moment like the the moon was insanely bright Mm -hmm. i could hold my hand up and a shadow was cast on myself and i did night prayer via yeah moonlight the light of you know of the sun reflecting mm-hmm. off the moon, Mary, and is shining upon me. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. But how Catholicism charges forward with like with no fear of whatever yeah. there is, like we can take it. Yeah. We can take it because Christ already took on the biggest, baddest mama, like death, and pwned it. Like <laughs> yeah. he throws, he beat the thing. Yeah. There's nothing to fear. Like we run into some aliens. Well, okay, I, I mean I don't even know what that means, but like the church could ha- <laughs> the church could handle that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Do science until you're blue in the face. Mm-hmm. Do chemistry and biology and zoology, yeah. all the ologies. Yeah. Do them. <laughs> like, Exhaust them. Like yeah. that's great. You're helping the church. You're helping uh, Christ. You know, you're helping the flourishing of humanity, and the church can always use that stuff and charge forward. Nobody else makes that claim. Right. But like, there's something where it's, ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a little scary over there. We don't know. Yeah. Don't get too close to that. Yeah. You know? Right. But the church is always just like, let's take it on. Well, it's imagine if you grew up in the Cold War where everyone was constantly worried that the world was going to blow up in an A-bomb fight. You know? But, like, even through that, and we didn't grow up with much of that fear because it was over by the end of the 80s, but, um, you know? That's when I think the claim of Christ that the gates of the netherworld shall never prevail against his church, when the rubber hits the road there, when you think like, well, what about a nuclear winter, you know, where human life as we know it is completely annihilated and there's no Vatican anymore. You know, like, what if, what if that was the status, you know, dinosaur level extinction of that? But of all of humanity, we believe that, I mean, that. And this goes down to what, what you're really talking about with existential experience. It goes down to the personal level, your own life. Right. You know, any number of things, the, the slings and arrows of fortune that Hamlet talked about, could, you know, completely change your life. You could lose the use of your legs. You could, you know, uh, lose your good name. You could have somebody slander you. Know, like, anything that you think you own or you think you have title to could be taken from you yeah. at any moment. And you say, you know what? Whatever happens is for the good, because the future is hidden from me, but it's hidden in God's will, and I say yes to it, no matter what, because he loves me, and he's generous, and he's constantly going to care for me, and that's never going to change. It's good because he does love us, and he has this plan for us, and we're an heir to the kingdom of heaven. There's this spot in, have you guys been to St. Peter's in Rome? No. Okay, so there's this spot in the back. I remember the first time I was over there, and it was it was a really powerful experience in my conversion. But they have this it's a it's a red marble stone. It's it's round, and it's in the on, in the floor and towards the back of St. Peter's. And so the seminarian that was showing us around had a stand like on this red marble, and you it's like right at the back, right in the middle of St. Peter's. So you look, and you have this beautiful view of the entirety of the inside of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. And so after we had, we had stood in it, the seminarian tells the story and he goes, this is actually the same piece of marble that the Pope used to crown the Holy Roman Emperor on. Oh, cool. 
And so he said that in those days, had someone tried to stand on this stone besides the Pope or the Holy Roman Emperor, you would have been put to death. He's like, that's how precious this stone was. So like now that those days are, are gone and like we're in the present day, I don't know how long it's it's been there. But the church put that stone in that particular spot because they wanted to they wanted pilgrims to be able to come into St. Peter's and stand in it just as they're walking by and look at all of St. Peter's and realize that they are the rightful heir to all that they see in front of them. Mm. And so it's this incredible experience of like what wow. God actually wants to give you yeah. if you receive it. Isn't that cool? That's cool. Dang, I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. I realized that when you asked if we had been to Rome, I just shook my head. <laughs> this is a podcast, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Got a face for radio. Got a face for radio. So I think I'm going to go ball. Got a head shake for radio. This is bizarre. Stupid. Dude, I didn't even, I have O'Doul's in the fridge out there. I forgot to whip them out, man. I got an Amber, Amber O'Doul's. You said it was pretty gross, though, didn't you? They're awesome. <laughs> the Amber O'Doul's are gross? The Amber O'Doul's are disgusting. But really? I did get, I got Beck's. Uh, near beer? Yeah, near beer. Yeah. Those are those are actually pretty good. The Beck's, yeah, it just tastes like Beck's, doesn't it? Un Beck's. Un Beck's, part of five hours. <laughs> yeah, it just tastes like regular Beck's. All right, well, that was straight up gold cash money. I feel bad for podcasts that aren't us. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisc, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. And down. <laughs>